Welcome, welcome, welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken. My name is Tony and I'm joined by my arch nemesis, Ken. Ken, how are you doing this week? I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I'm glad you finally acknowledged me as your arch nemesis because um, I hate you, bro. Uh, one day you're going to catch these hands and when you do catch these hands, I'm going to take over the world. Uh, Dude, hello, everyone. How are you doing? Uh, this is <laughs> Tony and Ken. Um, as Tony just said, we are arch nemesis, but uh, kind of more like the Magneto and Professor Xavier type of dynamic. Yeah. Uh, where we're trying to always outwit each other, either not yeah. just in comic books, in uh, cinematography, and in, in everything. But uh, obviously, he has his skills. I have my skills. That's why we have a very interesting dynamic. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've been good. It's been a very interesting week as always. Um, mm-hmm. What happened this week? What did happen this week? I, I was just working, man. Nothing major yeah. happened this week. Um, mm-hmm. Oh boy, like I'm done. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's I, w- it. I, woke, I woke up on Saturday. I was like, oh my gosh, I enjoy this. I think actually, I know why it is. It's the uh, mm. last week. Uh, next week's the last week of school term. So oh, nice. my mind and my body is really like winding down mentally. Mm. I'm sleeping later because my body knows mm, you're about to do that seven day sleep anyway. Right. Um, so I'm I'm a bit more calm. I'm a, bo- a bit mm. more relaxed. I'm a bit more ready for the holiday. I'm trying to tick off all my uh, my, my uh, to do lists to make sure everything's out the way. So I'm not trying to do no work during the holidays. So mm. yeah, man, it's it's a it's a very chilled out week. Been a chilled out weekend. Uh, yeah. But you, how about you, Tony? What are you up to? My week's been actually really, really good. Um, so I took some time off of work. I took two weeks off of uh, work. Um, went down to Torquay with uh, my partner. Uh, we wanted to take in the sun, but the sun said, nah, I'm kind of shy. So the rain came out instead and said, hey, time to party. I'm going to pee on all of you. And uh, we got peed on hard, Ken. We got rain peed on so hard. <laughs> Um, Do you know what I realized about our conversations, yeah. usually What's in this that? introduction? The weather makes like, plays a big part into it. <laughs> it's such it a British really thing. Does, man. Not just to talk it about really it, does. but to experience the BS of the wedding, of the weather. Yeah. Like, I can imagine like places like California, it's like it's, they don't really have variations in weather. Like for them, it's like it drops a few, like two degrees. It's like, oh my God, it's so cold. And it's back up two degrees. It's like, oh my God, this is perfect. So um for us um we have all four seasons sometimes in one day uh we can literally go through a day where it's blazing hot rain snow a little bit of breeze then it's hot again and be like hey it's just tuesday uh but yeah um we was in we was in Torquay for the week very nice it's a it's southern coastal town in 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 britain um beautiful it's it's known as the british riviera nice. and i get nice. why you know a lot of uh, apartment buildings are on the hills just where the coast is uh the 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 bay the tall bay as it's known uh got all of these nice fancy boats nice restaurants good vibe but dude what one thing that blew my mind like you so you know me as a sneakerhead right and I think it was sometime yeah. mid last year I was waiting for this drop of uh, Jordan 5 anthracites for any sneakers heads out there they know what I'm talking about is the all grey Jordan 5s right and I tried to get it through the sneakers app and I didn't make it it was gone in seconds right I'm in Torquay and I just randomly go by the shop which is called Pro Direct and I've only known Pro Direct to be an online store I didn't know they had a physical store when I popped in and they said like yeah no we've we've got two locations well we had two locations and obviously the pandemic shut down their one in London and I'm there and I'm looking right at the end and I see a pair of Jordan 5 anthracites and I'm thinking they must be just like display copies right like you know, you know I can't buy those and I look inside and there's a price tag on it. It's like, nah, nah that doesn't mean anything. They probably saw that. 
And I look at them, it's at, it's at retail price. It's like 160. That's how much they retailed originally. And I'm thinking, they're not even putting resale price. Like, bear in mind, resale price is about 200 pounds, 250, 300, depending. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this might be my moment. I might just get my Jordan 5 anthracite. So I say, you know, my, my, my partner's edging me. say like, hey, you know, just, just ask. You never know. And I'm like... I, I don't want to ask because I don't want to be heartbroken just in case. So I asked them, hey, are Ooh. these just display copies? And they say like, no, 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 they're, they're for sale. And I'm like, oh shit, they're for sale for 160? All right, cool. Uh, do you have these in a size 10, right? And they said, you know what, let's check in the back. And I was thinking to myself, oh, wow, it's not, these are not like the only pairs. They actually have other pairs. So they'll go in and they're looking and looking and they want to make that sell to the point where they can't find it. So they phone up one of their partners and say like, hey, we tried to look for the size 10s of the uh, anthracites. And she's just there a minute. She's looking at me. I'm looking at her. She's giving me a smile. I'm thinking, oh, it's about right. to hit it. And she comes right. back to me and said like, oh, see, unfortunately, we don't have any tens. And my heart shatters. But do you know what? Do you know what we can do for you? We do. Uh, we did manage to find the size nine and a half. Do you think you could try those on? And the problem is there. Um, notoriously speaking, the, the Jordan 5s are actually quite, you know, tight fit in even for like you know my true to size is a 10 10 and a half technically like when i buy uh performance basketball shoes from from nike i have to get a 10 and a half and i thought to myself oh man if 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 they were 10 i would just about skirt it but nine and a half that's gonna wreck my feet and nine, the fives are not known to be the most incredibly comfortable shoes and i just couldn't do it i was so close to getting my my holy grails and the world said no but um other than that i had a great time in Turkey. <laughs> let, let the search continue yeah let the search continue do you know what it's another dope thing uh i experienced in Turkey. i did my first ever escape room didn't succeed but man oh man if you ever want to feel like you're sherlock holmes taking in the room seeing the clues and figuring out what's going on you need to do yourself an escape room i've i've been bitten once i've yeah, got I've the bug one. And I want to, I want to keep on doing yeah, it. I want to like, turn around and just like sit everybody down and say like, "This is how I solved the problem." You imbecile! I just, I just want to feel that. I want to have that energy. <laughs> yeah, it but, reminds yeah, me because um, um, when I did it for my birthday, mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, a couple of years back, um, there's different difficulties. You can yeah. go obviously easy, medium, and hard. I think yeah. we went for medium because we thought it was brave. We literally had five seconds left on the clock, and we right. figured it out nice it was, it was the most stressful thing yeah that I've had. and i thought i was a bad man i was like obviously this letter means this it meant nothing bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was talking yeah. out my backside i yeah. tried to do that shout out comics because let me look at everything and then try and identify him. <laughs> yeah. and then i was like no nah, no nah, bro you, you, you're reading you're doing too much it's actually just yeah. this and <laughs> i was pissed but yeah See, we it, it was it was dope man we had the opposite issue so the first clue that we was given to start off the game was uh and verbatim, she said, the date that he escaped captivity. And basically, when you come into, there's a big wall on the side that has kind of like a history of this prison, the 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 warden of the prison, and loads of information. And I thought to myself, okay, this has to be the date that the prisoner broke out of prison. So I'm there reading through the uh, brief. I'm doing the mental maths of like how long the warden was there versus how long the, pay, uh, the guy had left and... 
you know, when was it when he was transferred to that prison? And I, I just don't bother my partner. I say, like, you go do your thing. And she's figuring out things on the side. I'm figuring out this day thing. The problem that we had wasn't the fact that we couldn't figure it out is that we wasn't following through. So when we found like right. certain keys, um, there was this point where we had like a rear view mirror of, um, of a car. I knew it had to do with the prison cell, which was locked up and there was loads of writing on the wall. And when I put it in, I read all the writing and I was thinking there must have been more to this. And we were just kind of stumped. So we asked for another clue. And it was basically the case I didn't follow through to look completely around the prison to find the dangling key to let us into the uh, the cell. So every so often, it, that was the issue. We knew what the, the next move was. We just didn't follow through with it because of that doubt of like, it can't be that. Oh, it can't be that simple. And that's the bummer for me. But I look forward to doing another one in the future. But um, yeah. the cap off to my week was actually getting ill. Um, I'm still recovering right now. I don't think it's COVID. I think it's just a cold. But in wait, this wait. world right now, I was about to ask, what, what type of ill is this? <laughs> um, just, yeah, just mostly, uh... <laughs> mostly a cough, snow, throat, and sniffling nose. That's it so far. Uh, no headaches, no, no, no loss of appetite. My... Oh no, I'm transmitting cool. to you digitally, bro. Back on my gun. Don't worry, don't worry. Dude, I'm, no, so, no, I'm, I'm back on my gun. No, 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 no. Ken, it's too late. You're so I infected. turned to a zombie and some shit. You're infected. It's uh, it's evolved now. The uh, the COVID not only is an Indian variant, a variant, but it's also a digital variant. So you you got that 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 digital STD right there. I'm sorry, um, but I digress. All oh, right, let's right. uh. Ken, tell, tell us, okay. what are we talking about this week? Uh, <laughs> by the way, little little reminder, uh, everybody listening, whatever you're doing, stop right now. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, whatever platform you're on. We appreciate you. We appreciate our audience. We're growing slowly and we're, we're happy to serve you as long as you're willing to be with us. So, you know, do that. Uh, this is episode 24, I believe, Ken. And tell us, what are we doing in episode 24? We are talking about, well, something that we've missed for, uh, from last week. We're talking yes. about Castlevania mm-hmm. and even the week before that, Jupiter Legacy, finally. Yes. And to cap it off, uh, we're going to try and keep as tight with our time, Army of the Dead. Yes, right? the Zack Snyder Army Which came of out the Dead. Yesterday. There will be yes, only yes, one yes, cut yes, of yes. this and it will be the Snyder cut. So, you know, don't worry <laughs> about that. Let's, just, let's jump straight in with um, our, our first joint. And our first joint is it was Castlevania. 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 Castlevania season four, the final season. Um, Ken, this show has been an absolute banger, an absolute pleasure to watch. The animation on point, the storytelling uh, out of this world, um, and the 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 voice acting is just it's it's of a caliber that I don't think a lot of shows get to. You know, um, you know, we we. No. We, that's let's recap the basic story i'm going to recap the basic story of castlevania right for any of the fans of the video right, games right. you're probably familiar but it focuses on the uh this hunter called uh uh trevor belmont and he's a monster hunter slash vampire hunter he's kind of uh, a bit of a waster kind of depressed you know a kind of a drunkard because his family once upon a time had major notoriety but due to their ability and their proficiency in monster hunting, they they were believed, but because of the church, to be conspiring with the devil. Uh, that's one side of the story. The other side of the story focuses on Dracula, and this is probably more of more of his story than anybody else's. But is Dracula um, the the classic villain Dracula, who was in love with a human woman and had that human woman killed because of the belief that she was a witch because of her 
her learnings in, in, in medicine to, to treat the good people and her love for Dracula that she made him almost human again. Um, she was burnt alive as a heretic and a witch. And this just sends him crazy. And he says, you know what? I tolerated you humans. I kind of left you humans alone. I just stayed here in my castle. If you came about, I just basically put you on a spike just as a warning to stay the hell away. But you know what? You lot went a bit too far. That's my wife you played with. You burnt her. You made barbecue out of her. You made suya out of my wife. No, 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 no. no. Do you know what's crazy about Dracula? Yeah. Like with everything that you've said so far, because they didn't allude to it at the beginning of uh, Mm -hmm. the first season. You kind of got drip feeds of it. Mm -hmm. But... Dracula has been managing the vampires across the world. He is the yes. head honcho, the head vampire. Yes. And you don't really get a sense of that. And the minute you it dwelled onto you about his crusades to just wipe mm-hmm. out humanity, like, after a while, I was like, oh my God, these church people, these priests, they done fucked up because yeah. this guy, they, like, the vampires were okay just to collect a few humans there and there, just like a bit, you know, there was harmony, there, there, there was a balance, you know, and then all of a sudden, they, they they overextended and now mm. Dracula was like alright cool army of the dead let's let's go let's just destroy yeah. oh my lord beautiful and the the fascinating thing about the show and I don't want to get, get into the weeds of actually recapping episode from episode this nah, is the, the final season it's just kind of building up to everything that's happened before so everything that happened before is that you know um, Dracula sent out his legions to destroy the world uh, he formed a, a small army, uh, a, a combination of vampires, demonic monsters, and hum- uh, two humans that are loyal to him, um, Hector and Isaac. And they basically are devil forge masters. They actually creating these denom- uh, demonic monsters for him. But while that's happening, there's a, a, a sub-faction being built within Dracula, uh, led by Carmela, who is a, a female vampire, who she believes in her head. Uh, she can do the job better, which is kind of the focus of the season, whereby Dracula is, is is dead. He he got killed in season three, and these other vampires are coming in to kind of fill the void. Carmela, through her arrogance or hubris, her uh, her ambition, she slightly goes crazy. Uh, but the underlings beneath her, her friends, her family, are thinking like, this is not sustainable. We can't actually maintain a front across the whole of Europe let alone the world like is this really worth it is it really worth it like subjugating humans to this level like we can eat but and they're having their doubts um while you know characters like Hector who's locked up and he's kind of submitted himself to uh his subjugation by Carmela and the other vampires yeah, uh, while he's actually got machinations within himself. And while all of this is happening, there's actually a group of vampires that are actually trying to resurrect Dracula again to actually bring it back to the original plan. And the, the main heroes, uh, Saifo Benares and uh, uh, Trevor Belmont, the heroes of our story, are kind of piecing the things together, thinking like Dracula's dead, but there's still some effery going around. What is this? Um, well, from what we saw, just like you were mm-hmm. saying about Camilla, like Camilla, I, like, and they did allude to this a little bit in the uh, last season, I think. Yeah. Um, but it was even more prominent to why she was so mad and, yes. <laughs> and arguably a very good villain. It's because mm-hmm. she was so wronged when she was a human. She was so wronged when she was a vampire. So yes. she just feels like, all right, cool. Since I've been wrong so much, the world is mine. It is for me to take. I've now got the power 
to take things from the because pe- when she first became a vampire, she mm. took over the thing that uh, the guy that um, was more or less you know uh, controlling her or owned mm. her. He took that all over, and now she mm. all she, and that's all she wants now. She wants power. She wants control because she lived such a long time without control or any say in the future of her life. And now she's mm. like, yeah, cool. I'm, I want everything, and that's why her mad plan of like, I want the entire world. Yeah, is nuts and unsustainable, yeah. which led to her eventual uh, demise. Yeah. And plus, she's got the proposing force of, you know, the humans that want to be free and not be, you know, murdered or subjugated. Then she's got the opposing force of Isaac, who is out there in his own city building his army of monsters, you know, just straight up. And he's actually having philosophical debates about what he's doing. There's a point where he's actually having a deep conversation with one of the demons that's created. One of the few that he's actually let have their own voice and somewhat of autonomy and... The thing is, asking them is like, you created me to do a very simple job, and that's destroy. I'm not getting to destroy. Right now, you're, you're making us rebuild the city. Why are you doing this? And that question, it kind of like, it's a fascinating question because Isaac, the whole time, throughout this whole thing, he hates humanity because he's been a slave. He's been subjugated. He's been abused. Even when uh, his captor, his original slave master, he grew to love his slave master his slave master says like, no, I don't, I don't love you. You're just, you're just property. You know, everything I do, every abuse I give you is not out of love. It's out of the fact that I own you. And that is all. And he kills his slave master, has his freedom, joins up with, with Dracula as a devil forge master. And everything that Dracula says, all of the rhetoric in terms of destroying humanity, laying them waste. He's about it. He said like, yeah, no, let it be done. And if I die along the way, that's all good. As long as we take all of them, the, all of those humans out as well. And over the course of this season, he, he changes a little bit. He's kind of like, no, nah, we're, we're going to get to destroy, but I don't think we should just destroy the world to just leave it in ruin. We need to rebuild. We need to make it better than it was before. And maybe by me letting you, demon, having your own voice, having your own mind, is to let you know you can be more than just that tool of destruction. You can be more. Same as I can be more than a tool of destruction. Maybe also we together can evolve and build. And I thought that was actually absolutely um, brilliant writing. Warren Ellis is a genius in comic books. I haven't read any of his uh, novelizations. I think he's done a couple. Um, but he's proven that on TV, TV, his writing is without without challenge in terms of like taking something that's whole, so high concept as you know vampire hunters and demons and and vampires and but making it every single character feel so human that you actually care about what they have to say where it's just not pointless dialogue. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. But um, yeah. I, I the, think um, our, our three main... Mm-hmm. No, no, I completely agree with you, man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to add to um, the technique of writing that we see in this uh, series, all the main characters um, are are victims of their past. And yeah. it was made very, very apparent with the uh, somewhat the anti-heroes, the villains, and our heroes, especially. Mm-hmm. Because just like you said about Isaac and... Um, what's the other guy's name? Hector. And Hector, where mm-hmm. they... they, they um, their disdain for the human, uh, for human life, or, or human, or, or just humans, yeah, came from their past. Just how like um, Cipher, 
she was mm-hmm. part of a group of people that were incredibly powerful mm-hmm. that did things in a particular way, but they did they didn't do anything to try and actually help the world. They were just trying to store knowledge. So that pain of watching people that look like her or like her just yeah. being destroyed and kids was like, no, I'm gonna st- uh, do something about it. Yeah, uh, Trevor Belmont. Um, I felt his pain quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, I feel uh, Alucard a bit more, but with with uh, Trevor. Uh, his his one was that okay my family have this huge legacy this absolutely mm. massive legacy and you know i get the impression he was like the almost the runt of the litter or that he wasn't able to actually achieve greatness just yeah. like his uh, forefathers did before him but yeah. still he was like Do you know what even though i'm a drunkard even though i'm not serious even though i'm not very likable mm. i'm still gonna try and do the right thing it's almost as if in his blood it's in his dna to yeah um do something about what's going on in the world to still keep up the Belmont name. He still wears it on his chest. You know what I mean? He's still that's a, the, a Belmont. You know, that's the interesting thing about his yeah. character, right? And I think they established this on, on season one. It's mm-hmm. not that he's reluctant or he's unable to help. Uh, he's not allowed to. Um, remember, the, the church actually yeah. banished the whole of the Belmont line from from Europe. So they've been on the run. So really yeah. and truly, he messed up when we see him at the beginning by exposing himself. He could have easily... What, when he's whipping himself. out eyes. <laughs> when he's whipping out eyes and all of that business. It's like, he's 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 supposed to be on the run because of what the, the, the church did. They didn't want to... Think about this, right? His family had accrued so much knowledge in terms of combating evil. And knowledge is power. When you got something like the church that kind of wants to maintain power and has great fear of anything equaling their power they they create propaganda to say hey those people out there with a lot of knowledge doing good works i wonder how they're doing their good works you know they must have sold their soul to the devil which is fascinating because we see that shit today right anytime well, somebody's successful they say oh they must have sold their soul to the devil or they must have did a dirty deal or like you know, well, J- Jay Z's an Illuminati of. Oh yeah, yeah, Galileo, right, right. Do you know about the story about Galileo? Break it down. He, um, he, he proposed that uh, that uh, you know Earth is Earth isn't the center of the universe, right? And because uh, the, the church believed that everything revolved around the Earth. Yeah, but he was like he started monitoring the stars, the skies, and he's like, "Oh, I think everything's revolving around the sun." Yes, and the church weren't having it. Do you know what the yeah. church did? They put him on house arrest for the rest mm-hmm. of his life. That is messed up <laughs> for that the rest of his life. Up. You know what I mean? But that yeah. just adds credence to almost like an inspiration of the real world. You know, church back in the day. Yeah, um, to tell the story of like, yeah, the church was just on on crud just yeah. to maintain power. Like instead of incorporating science, but then the science goes against their beliefs and faith. People mm-hmm. people ask too many questions, yeah. So they try and stomp out all those things, and you see that so much, especially with what started this entire thing yeah. with Dracula's wife. Yeah, yeah. All in all, Great. Ken, absolutely. Uh, how did you feel about the 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 combination of all four seasons and this five on season? Like, what's your feeling on Castlevania as a whole? Yeah. Um. Well. I, I love the structure throughout the four seasons, mm-hmm. um, the introduction, uh, the uh, the call to action. They thought, okay, let's let's get stuff done. The introduction of Alucard. We haven't spoken too much about Alucard, but yeah. that's because the majority of his uh, uh, um, 
uh, story arc happened in the last uh, season with his with his dad. Yes, it's kind um, of like season well, uh, three, season four, where his story kind of became to the forefront because, like, season exactly. three was him keeping to himself, then getting approached by those two. Um, two warriors from a foreign land, let's just say for the sake of it, somewhere in Asia. And he falls in love with both mm. of them only to find out that they were only there to gain information to battle some vampires elsewhere. And they were going to kill him and sacrifice yeah. him. And he didn't want to hurt exactly. them, but because he was so far, far more powerful, he, he overpowered them and she killed them and actually put them on a spike uh, as a warning to anybody else because he felt so betrayed by them. Yeah. And it's, and it's fascinating I, I, because I in that like moment, yeah. So you was gonna say, you do feel yeah, like what? Well? I I do feel like it, it's it's from from that story and everything. Mm-hmm. It was just an identity crisis because yeah. he's not human. He's not vampire. People yeah. were ready to kill him. The people that I actually cared about were trying to kill him, not yeah. because you know he was an enemy, because of you know of his bloodline about uh, where he's from, where he's come from. Yeah. Um, which is not on him. So throughout no. the last season and this season, he was just trying to find his place in the world. He was going yeah. slightly mad. He wasn't really taking care of himself. He would just do mm. whatever he wants. He was putting more animals and demons on spikes to ward off people because he yeah. didn't know what he needed to do in this world. And then mm. finally, he got given some form of purpose when he helped that uh, town defeat some of uh, the monsters that were trying to attack them, that would have wiped them out. Mm-hmm. And you, you see that he finally starts smiling, starts to see a bit of colour he's coming across people that don't hate him for just being half vampire or anything or supernatural which is amazing because he needed that like throughout the uh, I don't we don't see much of his life coming up but in his life he went through so much hardship like to the point he resented his dad he loved his Mm -hmm. mum and it culminated to him of eventually off and off off and his dad yeah and you know that that's that's not easy man like no. wh- where are you? you you're not you're not dracula even though your name indicates you are dracula but in a different in, in reverse like yeah. you're not human because people don't people are afraid of you people don't want to uh, come close to you and when they do they're trying to kill you so yes. where do you belong where do yeah. you belong and i felt that man like that's why he's so moody all the time just brooding all over the- he reminded me of angel actually Oh um, right, old yeah. school people. People know about Buffy and Angel. Angel was not allowed to um, <clears throat> reach completion uh, after sex because yeah. it would, uh, I don't know, or damage his soul, and then he would so end up being with that demon. one. And that, that's yeah. So what happened with him there is that when when vampires, so in the in the whole law of Buffy, when vampires are created, they lose their soul. That's why they're so evil, right? Something happens with Angel at some point. He goes up against the wrong person, and as a punishment, they put his soul back into his body, and he feels all of the pain and regret for all of the horrific things he does. But there's a caveat to that: is that if he was to ever reach pure happiness he would lose his soul again. And that's why he's reluctant because he knows that if he falls in love with Buffy completely, busts a nut and reaches pure happiness, like there's a metaphor there, that he will lose his soul. And that's why he prevents it until the point where he does bust a nut and he's back to Angelus. Yeah, man. But, you know, we digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, a, a, a great series. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like this series, uh, this last season, was a lot more action packed because yeah. you know they they told the story, they've done the setup. There's only mm-hmm. so much you can do. They were tying yes. off people's arcs. You know, I really like how Isaac arc uh, completed, Alucard's oh, yeah. arc completed. I love that fight um, scene between Isaac and Carmella in the oh. in that was ridiculous. Re- 
ridiculous and the way it he was used tactical. it was tactical. his it was his monster as like a shield and a weapon absolutely brilliant and the fight scene at the end between death and uh simon I'm, they they went ham. There's a there was a lot of broken wrists in the animation of that. Yo, of that, bro. Did you peep the how many episodes it was this season? Uh, it was a short one, right? It was a short one because once again, the type <laughs> of animation they were doing was was mm. on levels, man. Yeah, like, you can't be doing that for twelve episodes. <laughs> so they too, had to too, really keep that short. But at the same too time, many wrists were like, sacrificed in they, the making. They told of the, the show. story that they wanted to tell in it. Yes. Yeah. You you told you told the story in the amount of time that you need to not like not this kind of and I'll get onto this point uh, with our, the next thing we're going to be talking about but you you don't say to yourself hey we got 45 minutes let's make up a a a, a story within 45 minutes no um our story only took eight um 30 minutes we don't need any more fat than that move on next yeah, episode other networks be like saying like all right cool 22 episodes for the final for season <laughs> Yeah, and there's plenty, plenty filler. Like so that. much filler, but um, all in all, I'm gonna keep my one very sweet and short. I thought it was absolutely a banger. Um, I've always loved the Castlevania universe. I remember playing it back on. I think the first time I, I played um Castlevania was actually on my Game Boy Advance, and it was one of the the later ones. I think it was um, it wasn't Symphony 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 Sim. Oh God, Symphony of the Night. It Symphony. was. Um, I think it's Aria or Sorrow or something like that. and um, But it made me retroactively f- go back and play some of the older ones. I think the ones that I didn't play, I never got to play like the OG ones of the the, the NES days and SNES days. Like, uh, like I think Trevor Belmont is actually um, from Castle, the first Castlevania and his son or his descendant Simon was in Castlevania 3. I forget the order because with the story of the games, they're not necessarily told in chronological order. Like even the story to do with Hector and Isaac, that's not until uh, the PS2 days. And they, he got a solo, solo game. And it's interesting because some of the story actually even, there's one game and I forget what it's called, but it talks about the very first Belmont vampire hunter called... Um, I think it's Leon Belmont, and you find out the the family Belmont uh, is actually French, and they came about uh, in prominence during the the Crusades against um, um, against the uh, what they called the heretics and all of that. Um, but it's fascinating the whole the whole story, and you find out how Dracula came yeah, to be lore. Dracula. Very very deep lore. Very deep lore. Uh, they're talking about a spin off. I'm I'm curious to see whether it's going to pick a different Belmont. Or whether they're gonna pick a different character because the idea of a spin-off implies that they're it gonna might be pick a kid. Uh, d- d- yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, great show. Uh, brilliant end. Can't say anything more than that. That is. Let's move on to Jupiter's Legacy, Ken. Um, this show has been a long time coming for me. I've been a big fan of Mark Millar, the creator of uh, Jupiter's Legacy, also the creator of Wanted, uh, Watch, um, not Watchmen, sorry, um, of uh, Kingsman and uh, various other things. Like he's actually one of the, uh, he also wrote The Ultimates, which is um, a Ultimates universe adaptation of The Avengers. And with all of The Avengers movies, the MCU movies are very much inspired by his work with the Ultimates because very he heavily took influenced very, very heavily because yeah. what he did was that he took the Avengers story uh, which is like at that point already you know 70 years old 
uh, with a lot of canon and reboots and reimaginations and he condensed it into a modern day story of you know how things are the whole idea of the hulk for example instead of being you know a creature born from a, a, a atomic bomb which was um influenced by the nature of when the hulk was created you know everybody was in fearful of atomic weapons and stanley created the hulk what he did now was that um he changed it whereby Bruce Banner was trying to cre create a cure for for specific disease, uh, cancer, I believe. And he thought creating a super soldier serum with the com combination of gamma radiation would prove a cure. And like many scientists that might not be able to get their funding or be taken seriously, he decides to experiment on himself and hence the Hulk. Storylines like that, which led to the MCU, you know, their, you know his version of Iron Man and Captain America, very influential writer. So what Mark Millar did, he actually sold his company, Miller World, um, to Netflix. And one of the products that came from it was Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, Jupiter's Legacy is like, you know, the typical fare of modern day superheroes and how do modern day superheroes work? And you th you think of that, about that and you think of something like The Boys. It's not quite like The Boys. The, it's not Krauss like The Boys. It's not trying to make you think superheroes are just disgusting dirty nasty people what jupiter legacy kind of shows you is that superheroes are human they're just lucky enough to have powers that is it everything they go Tony, through yep I, I i would argue the boys were trying to show the same thing but um the diff i think the major difference was uh in jupiter legacy they were trying mm. to be the archetype a hero or stand up for you know the, mm. the things you expect heroes to stand up for where yeah. the boys they they were just humans with powers they weren't yeah. gods they were just flawed people with yeah. super duper powers whereas in jupiter legacy they were like all right cool we must be more we have to be everything we have to yeah they felt like justice league you know like I, in all sense of the word i will say this i think the boys doesn't deal with anything like subtlety or nuance it kind of goes on the one note of like everybody's fucked up constantly fucked up and they're all fucked up mm -hmm. in this particular way whereas i think what jupiter's legacy does is it has a bit more of a conversation it's like everybody's different and even though you have one car a, a character and we'll get into the basic story yeah utopian who is the archetype superman perfect in every way so he thinks he has messed up in several ways, but he can't see that because he he is so arrogant in his pursuit of righteousness and virtue that he projects all of his failings on other people and doesn't see their failings. He only sees their potential. And when they don't reach it, they are they're They're crap for that. They're shit for that. Um, but the show, what it says is that we're all different. We all want to handle things in a different way, but you want us to handle it in the one way. You know, some of us didn't even want to be superheroes. We just have these powers and I just want to get high sometimes. I want to party. But no, you keep on telling me that I have to go out there and risk my life. But why? You're not telling me Do you, do you know what that sounds like? Do you know what, what that sounds like? That sounds what? like that sounds like Disney and Marvel. They're like, mm-mm, nah. You are now sold, you're not saddled to 12A films. You cannot yeah. do anything. You are yeah. now, remember how like um, all the Disney kids always mm -hmm. got messed up. They weren't allowed yeah. to do anything out of line. And yeah. I only pushed them over the edge to actually do of messed course. up things. Like, for example, like, uh, who is it? Miley Cyrus, when she finished up with uh, Hannah Montana, 
she she was on a wrecking ball. She was twerking and everything, half naked and everything, yeah. doing the weirdest things. She just banged that's a, that's out. A, that's so, a personal yeah. choice, <laughs> you know. She didn't she didn't commit a, any crimes, yeah. uh, unlike some people that come from you know, um, you know, well, yeah, child yeah. star. I, I get that, but there, there was such a change in yeah. the persona that was built up to what it ended up being immediately yeah. after that contract was done. Mm. So it, it felt similar with what we're talking about. How very like, similar. Okay, you know, you know, you have to hold yourself up to a high standard. If you're part of this crew, you mm-hmm. can't do nothing. You have to do this, this, this. You have to stick to the code, stick to the code, yeah. keep to the code. Let's get into the story, right? So Jupiter's Legacy is set in a world where superheroes exist. And they, they are the typical fair of superheroes for the most part. Everybody doing good. But it comes with a bent that the very first episode opens up with this young superhero. The uh, I think his name is Paragon. And he is the son of this world's version of Superman, the, the premier superhero, uh, Utopian. Um, he's a bit of an emo kind of guy, but you find out why later. And essentially, it opens up with him trying to stop this villain. Not doing a very great job about it, gets his ass handed to him, uh, only to be saved by his dad. But his dad doesn't come with like, hey, son, are you okay? Of like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're causing more damage. You could have handled that very, very quickly, but I had to step in, which affects his son's self-esteem even more. Um, the show the as sins a whole, of the father, the mm-hmm. sins of the father. But the 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 show is actually quite complicated. So to get into the main plot would be to do it the very disservice just over here. But the basic premise is that they the superheroes are forced to fight this supervillain known as black star and this guy is probably one of the most powerful supervillains on the planet to the point where several of them actually die at least three of them they're actually friends with the son uh paragon and they die and paragon right there is about to see his parents murdered by the supervillain uh his dad's got a code we never kill we just subdue send him into prison because we're better than that and he has no choice in that moment because his dad's about to die. So he just flies in, punches the guy in the face and completely crushes the guy's skull inside out and kills him. Where the thing happens, though, is that when they retrieve the body and brings they bring it back to their facility, they discover that the original villain, Blackstar, is still in prison. So who the hell did they fight? Is it Parallel Dimension? Is it a clone is an alien shapeshifter they don't know so the course of the show is then figuring out who is this black star while this is all happening you're also having this interpersonal uh relationship with you know the between utopian and his son also utopian and his daughter who his daughter doesn't care about the superhero life she's kind of like a it girl the brand girl she kind of works for brand companies does promos get high goes to parties sleeps around she doesn't care she's doing everything she can to stay away from the family business she doesn't want anything to do because she's been through it with her brother she feels neglected by her dad because he put the safety of the world over raising them which you can argue like hey my man's got responsibilities but your responsibility should be to your to your kids first you know Superman needs to be able to ki- take care of Superman Jr. before he can take care of the world. Maybe you think differently. I don't know. Um, but the brilliant thing about the show is the dual storytelling. They actually, there's an origin story that they don't force in you at the beginning and say, this first three episodes is going to be an origin story. 
and you're gonna wait until the good stuff. The good stuff is everywhere in between. The 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 the, the origins actually dealt in flashbacks, and it's kind of told intermittently where is set in the 1930s and it shows like you know the financial downturn and the uh, the great depression and how this man who is plagued with this vision to to reach the secret island and when he reaches there he will be given the tools to make his world better and he kind of falls into kind yeah. of a, a obsession to get to this island but it's kind of interspersed throughout the show and the aesthetic of it is absolutely brilliant. It does look like authentically like 1930s. Um, I will say this. Yeah. With, the, with, 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 yeah, go for it. Side story. Gone. No, 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 finish, 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 finish. I was just going to cap up um, my opinion on the show. Um, I will say this with the show. I absolutely love the show. I actually loved it so much. I watched it twice. And it's a really good watch, really quick watch as well, because they do the thing that we mentioned. The story is told within the time that they want to tell it in. They don't, some of these episodes are like literally 38 minutes, 36 minutes. Some of them are 45. One of them is 55. And the final episode is 36 minutes. They, they, they don't try to waste your time. Problem I have with some of it is some of the production value. Some of it is really high production value. I'm talking about really good CG, really great costume work. Then out of nowhere, it's kind of subpar CG. And some of the, the makeup doesn't look quite right. It's kind of a mixed bag and I don't know why. Um, but all in all, I love the show. My favorite character in it, and this is my favorite character in this book, uh, Sky, Sky Fox. I'm so disappointed that we didn't get more of him, but I get it. Uh, he is kind of quote unquote the main villain on this this story that's being told. So they wanted to keep him kind of hush hush, but when he comes in, he leaves an impression. And the effect that it has on another character who may or may not be another contender. Um, yeah, it's we'll really see when 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 the story unravels. Yeah, so it's it's, I'm, it's I'm fascinating. All in all, I love this show, this. Ken. I love the book. I like yeah. the fact that well, they made it. I would say it's seven. It's twenty five different. It's twenty five percent different enough from the no. book that it's got me intrigued to see where season two goes. A uh, few changes, not too happy with, but it is the nature of the beast. But some a lot of the changes, I'm like, okay, I like what you did there because for one thing, we don't learn anything. Definitely. Because like one of one of the major things is like with the mum, you don't learn anything about the mum in the comic book. Like the the matriarch um, of the the family, you learn absolutely nothing. All of that is just kind of hop, skip, and jump. It's not until they actually do um, this. It's kind of like a spin-off book, more like a prequel book called Jupiter's Circle, which basically focuses on just the parents, the uh, the original generation superheroes. Um, you learn about the mum and stuff, but even then, I think the show does a better job of making her a bit more rounded as a human being rather than like Wonder Woman, you know? Yeah. With, with this show, um, uh, straight after completing it, uh, my immediate thought was the stuff in the 1930s, I wish that was the entire series, to be honest. I, I enjoyed that part so much because, you know, and and, and I guess it's, it's not, the show's fault or the or the story's fault but i feel like we've gotten a lot of these oh superheroes are flawed they're like human type story quite recently with a lot of those shows so when i saw it again and i was going through the same beats like oh they're about to say this and then they say exactly what we know what, what they're going to say it, it felt you know it felt like okay another one 
So it, 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 it's it's really not their fault. It's just the time that this show's coming out, it feels very like, oh, okay. Like, it feels samey. That's why I really, really, really enjoyed the 1930s um, plot of him going slightly crazy, gathering his uh, his friends, his, his, his family, who eventually become his family, his brother and everything. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And like the whole trials to actually gain superpowers and all that, I wanted that to be explored a lot more. It, it felt so different from the main plot. Yes, it was in there to show us where they came from, mm-hmm. but they never connected it to the actual other, the, the modern plot of like, oh, the problems of trying to be an amazing or, or the perfect superhero and your kid's not quite living up to my expectations or yeah. completely fighting against the expectations. I'm like, okay, cool, that's nice. I, I, I like that theme, but what's that got to do with the 1930s? It, it felt very very uh, fractured and very uh, different from each other because they tried to interweave it and the whole mystery of why am I getting these flashbacks why is my brain doing backflips why do I feel I have to bring this captain along why do I feel like I have to go to this uh, uh, island to get some type of power that was some Indiana Jones type shit I was like I'm I'm for this because I can't predict what's about to happen but obviously we know this is where they go to get their powers yeah that was an amazing setup and and you know, I just wanted it all to be that because once again, when we got to the main parts of the story about like, um, I, I would I would have loved to see the transition of uh, that guy that, you know, I was crazy, you know, like people didn't believe me, but people stuck with me because they believed who I am. Like that transition of him to having his creed of saying like, oh, we have to do things this way. We have to do things that way. Oh, I believe in this, 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 this there was no connection between that and I would have loved to see that because right. maybe it was because people thought he was going crazy yeah. and like, you know, and, and he ended up being correct. It's like, oh yeah. man, this guy was crazy and he ended up being correct and yeah. now he's got the best superpowers so maybe he is right about things so let's just trust him to do mm-hmm. the things that we're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. for decades upon decades and maybe that's what um, they took away from it. Yeah. So I, I, I did, I, I did feel like, okay, that was the more interesting part of the show the actual right. main part of the show when we got to see the inter- uh, interpersonal relationships between like uh, um him and his kids him and his wife uh him and his uh, his um his code being questioned and stressed oh, the code you know the code that, that, that was code. very very mate it, I, I i loved it yeah i i well i didn't love it i <laughs> i really i really enjoyed it because and i wish they gave it more time mm-hmm. there were quite a few examples like the girl that got murdered because she was trying to do the right thing and then you know, the mum caught her just before she died, but then she died anyway. Yeah. And like his son uh, uh, saving them and his dad not even feeling grateful. Yeah. Or disappointed. <laughs> I was just like, dude, like where did this code come from? That's why I want to know more about the code. Because like, something must have happened in his life to think, okay, yeah, this is the best thing that we need to do. Yeah. Right? I think the um, show explains it pretty well. Like, especially oh this is one of the most brilliant parts of the whole show is that throughout you kind of see the dad go to therapy to kind of talk through his problems and over the the course of the therapy his therapist eventually talks back to him and kind of breaks down his problem and he actually explains that your fascination and your inclination to focus on the code is you not being able to give up control because when you were young uh, you know, before you got these powers, everything was fine until your dad messed up, lost the business, he killed himself, and you know you had no control. 
So when you got these powers, you have in this code of like, we don't kill, you want to have this kind of illusion that everything is going to be fine. If you do the good, th good, the good thing, if you do the right thing, everything's going to be right. And he doesn't realize after his wife's told him this, that it's not black and white. It never was. Maybe it was a bit more black and white back in the days, but everything is a shade of gray now and your code just doesn't work. And it probably never did work, but in a simpler time, the illusion in his head was that, yeah, you can, you can follow the code. And the thing that caps off that's those scenes so well is that you find out the person that's actually his shrink is actually yeah, one of his a, greatest of his nemesis yeah. ever that has been locked up and it's almost yeah. like he's actually forcing the guy to talk to him. And the weirder thing about it is that when Ark's like, why do you come to speak to me? It's like, well, you're probably the, the you're probably my best friend, which is so sad. That Well, yeah, he's the person that probably knows him the most. Yeah. Um, because of his sick fascination with him. That's the thing. Because um, you and imagine you know that. that. That's what allowed me to think, okay. Could you like, imagine that though? World, like, if like, like if, I would. Could yeah. you imagine Superman turning around and saying, Hey Lex Luthor, I know you know we've been at odds for like how many years? You tried to kill me, you tried to kill my wife, but you're you're kind of my best friend. You like you know yeah. you well, know me. With all of that, what I noticed is a lot of those things, uh, especially things like that, mm -hmm. and even like uh, the drug, the special drugs that we saw yeah. through it, uh, through throughout this, like this world is so fascinating, uh -huh. and we don't we don't really get a chance to see how it works yeah and i think that is one way that um i do like the boys a bit more right because you get to see the interworkings you get to see the marketing company you get to see how um a, a, a recovery group or like a, a not a, like a superhero anonymous group of like oh how have you dating someone affected you in right. your life like right. you got to see the the ramifications of having super superhuman people in the world yeah whereas in this show they do touch on it a little bit just like we said with the whole uh, his uh, great nemesis, that was almost something that I would have loved to see that develop. Yeah. Um. But obviously they don't have time to tell. They 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 pick and choose the the story yeah. that they want to uh, tell to make it a more whole story. But yeah. I would love to know more so about this world when we learn about the um the the truck that they were in or that bus that has uh, was given by um a wizard or something. Yeah. It's like oh wow this truck has superpowers. I want to know more about that. Yeah. About the super drug that. Well, it wasn't even, it was alluded to that it was some kind of drug, but we didn't know. She just put it in her nose. Yeah. And then she got high. Like, things like that. Or how, like, the landlord was able to just be like, all right, cool. You destroyed the wall, uh, wall, get out. But then it got fixed. And he was so scared. It was like, all right, cool. Don't want no trouble. Yeah. Clearly, you guys can literally punch a hole through all my walls. So I'm going to just back off. Mm -hmm. I want to see more of this world. Yeah. Um, because, well, one of the main things I want to see, because it, it, it seemed like in the 1930s, there were no heroes. There were no superheroes. Why is it once they got their heroes, and they might explain this in the comics, but why is it after they got their heroes, there was such a boom of not just supervillains, but superheroes as well, when they particularly got their powers? So if it explains it in the comics, great. But there was such a uh, um, a snap, a, a yeah. change to, well, all right, cool. Now this is in the world. We've got wizards. We've got people yeah. with superpowers. We've got people from different groups. We more or less turned into... DC and Marvel comics where yeah. so many things are going on right now. So and yeah, I, I always found that quite um quite interesting for that. And they it, haven't explained it. They actually have. It's just that they haven't actually they sh they showed and didn't follow up with the telling. So you know when they get to the island and they get to that secret door to that place and they get their powers. 
So you, you remember that wave that released afterwards, right? There was a massive wave that released after they got their powers. So you see those guys on the 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 boat. Did you see their skin? Um, the light blend into their skin. Mm -hmm. So they also got powers, but that beam also went around the world, and that's how other people got powered. It's just that they didn't show it fully, but that's essentially how the world got powered. No, they 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 didn't say anything about it. They just showed they that wave, yes. and they just didn't explore. Uh, that's explain yeah, it. that's the thing. They didn't they didn't vocally explain so. it, but the the wave. So I follow Mark Bellar, and I, I I interact with him a little bit on um, on Twitter, and he basically explained it. The wave when it comes out, when you see the guys. On, on the boat, that was them kind of, without having to say it with words, show that the wave didn't stop. It didn't just stop on the island. It just kept on going around the world. Mm. Mm. It's not mm. It's not a great okay. explanation, <laughs> okay. but in terms of visual... No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. In terms of visuals, like, it, it, yeah. did, it did enough for me to explain. Because bear in mind, in the comic book, it doesn't explain it whatsoever. Whatsoever. It doesn't explain it. Well, like, right? Let's not lie. Comic books don't explain it at all. Like yeah. when we look at um, look at all these characters that happen in isolation. Let's look at uh, Batman for for example. Yeah. Like when the Batman comic first came out, it wasn't really tied to DC like that. Yeah. It was just a uh, well, I guess it was through Detective Comics. Uh -huh. But you know, there weren't superhero characters that came up regularly uh -huh. or even alluded to. But only later on, now. Uh, they, they used to diso uh, disassociate Batman with the rest of the universe yes. of uh, the comic books because there wasn't anything there. But later on, it's almost as if Batman can't do anything without considering now yeah. um, other superheroes. Same thing with Spider-Man. Um, even in the films, you see it with Spider-Man. Like yeah. the um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Like, oh man, in New York, there are heroes all over the gaff while yeah. Spider-Man's doing his thing. Yeah. But they, they, they're, they're not um, present. They're not there. Yeah. So it it is it does feel a bit like that where like okay at one point there was nothing because everything's happening in isolation but because of external reasons yeah outside of those characters um we don't have to and actually Marvel got uh, people started uh, getting on to Marvel about that yeah because they'll establish something in early films yeah and then later on it's like hang on a minute where's Thor <laughs> like he exists mm -hmm, <laughs> like mm -hmm. let, let's get the Avengers aligned like for um what was the um which film like uh, needed an Avengers reaction. Oh, which film was it? And then no, no, no one turned up. So many of them. So many oh. of them. To be honest, like it's, if you know, there's so there's so many of them, and it it, it does feel like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did feel about uh, a little bit like that between yeah. that gap, where it's like, okay, went from nothing to something. Yeah. But let me not nitpick. Let me not complain. I overall like thought the uh, the show was was very decent. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I I think. Like I said, I enjoyed the uh, uh, the prequel stuff, like mm -hmm. seeing them come up. I know people are against origin stories, or people don't really like them, or they're bored of them. Yeah, um, I'm quite bored of uh, <laughs> the new thing of like, oh, our villains are flawed, blah blah, oh, our heroes are flawed. Therefore, this them in the real world. I'm tired of it. So I, I really wish they spent more time in the 1930s. I um, I am excited to see what happens next because I did kind of read. Well, I didn't read, but I, I saw some uh, the issues. Um, the comic book issues after uh, this stage and beyond the variation I, I, I'm excited to see what they do or don't do because yeah. this comic is messed up it, it <laughs> is. is messed it up is, it in is so many up. different places yeah. and, I, and I want them to really explore some of the big big issues um, I, I don't like the way that they did Paragon 
his, his name Paragon. I don't, I don't like the way they did Paragon in, in the comics. I think they did make him a bit more compelling in the series. Far, far more compelling. Uh, he, in, in, in the comic yeah. books, he is just a dude, bro. He is a Chad. He, yeah, yeah. It, it's so sad. Yeah. And I guess it was like a na- uh, the nature of, you know, something like a medium like this where, you know, the, the first arc is only like five issues. You want to kind of get the story going and it, it was a choice that he made. And when it comes to like, you know, translating it to another medium, you got producers and you got writers saying like, how about we do it differently? I really do love Brandon in the show. I love, I love the fact that he has a real reason for feeling the way he does. And if it, if the show goes where the comic book does go, it's not going to be like, wait, what? That just seems random. You see why he's getting to that point, especially with the last episode where they're fighting the real Black Star and Brandon's in a, cho- a chokehold, probably about to die. And his dad hesitates to save him. That is enough reason to resent your dad. Even though the da- that his dad said, "Great setup." Oh, it's brilliant setup. Brilliant setup. Perfect setup. And if season two goes the way it does, I suspect uh, where so where volume one of the comic book ends, I'm not going to say where it ends. Uh, it's a very cataclysmic event uh, to the point where I was shocked that they didn't go that that way with season one of the show. But at the same time, I get it. They probably want a little bit more longevity. I suspect that where where that ends in the book is going to be the end of season two and it's going to make so much sense i'm just excited for it but overall i really enjoyed jupiter's legacy watched it twice um there's a sentiment that a lot of people didn't like it like the reviews have been quite negative i don't really understand why but hey to reach their own did, did, did you read the reviews i read some of them and i don't necessarily agree with what they were saying but hey um a lot of, a lot of them actually yeah, were comparing well. it to the boys which i think it's a bit unfair, but you're going to do what I, you're going to do. I understand it, though. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I get why they're comparing it to the boys. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it, it's the, the, both shows are not trying to do the same thing. No. They just share a lot of... Similarities. They, 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 there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. There, there's a lot of similarities. However, the one thing that is not similar are the themes. Yeah. The themes are very, very different in both, very the, different. Uh, both the shows. Um, but they do look very similar and they do touch on similar things. Yeah. But how they execute them, yeah, yeah, very, very yeah. different. Like, uh, there is always a Superman-esque character yeah. in all these shows. Like, you got it with Omni-Man, you've got it with uh, um, this guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Utopian. Uh, Utopian, you yeah. got it with uh, the um, uh, the boys one. What's his name? Homelander. Homelander, right? Boy, like, I'm just waiting to see what the next one is. Like, I feel like it's going to be another show with another Justice League-esque show. But yeah. let's not spend too much time on this show. I think we've talked about it to death. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, I thought it was okay. Yeah. But, you know, I I, I, I I, am excited to see if they do what I think they're going to do. Yes. Yeah, Tony, Um, we are moving on to the last thing we're going to talk about. The last thing we're talking about is something that came out just a day ago, I think. Oh, no, a couple of days ago. Yes, this that Friday. Is Army of the Dead with Dave Bautista. Yes. Um, Army of the Dead, just to give it a very, very quick uh, synopsis. It is a bat... Well, it's another post-apocalyptic... Well, not necessarily post-apocalyptic, a zombie outbreak um, type film 
where there is a distinct area in America, which is Las Vegas, has been overrun with zombies. And now the world has gone into a crisis mode of trying to make sure that people are not don't have the infection that causes a zombification. They are set up, setting up camps to make sure people are okay. There are people that have been displaced uh, because they no longer can live in Las Vegas. Um, and so the main crux of the story is in this world, um, people managed to get out of Las Vegas, uh, job done, and they've courted off Las Vegas. So they just contained where the uh, uh, the zombies are, or the majority of the zombies are. Um, and so the plan now is to completely decimate that place. So the government decided to, okay, we are done with this place. We're done with this virus. If we know that's there and those people are no longer people, we're going to just destroy it with a bomb. Um, but why is this film happening? That sounds like something that just be done. Like, all right, cool, drop the bomb. All said and done. Where's the stakes? So what's happened is... Dave Batista has been uh, approached by a very wealthy uh, man that wants to wants him to retrieve uh, quote unquote money from his casino in Las Vegas. Um, well, that's the what he's told, and he tells Dave to uh, put a team together, and he'll be promised money uh, at the end of it. Uh, and that is the setup of the actual film. He goes about collecting people from that he believes could help. Them get in, he gets a, a, a safe cracker, he gets a, a helicopter pilot, he gets people that are capable at taking out zombies from the good old days, which we I'm about to touch upon in a bit, and uh, a character that I found quite irritating uh, also joins them to try and get this money, get out, and, you know, ride off into the sunset just before the bombs drop on them. So, yeah, that that, that is a setup. Um, this film was was uh well <laughs> the the first thing I felt in the opening sequence it reminded me of Zombieland it it, it reminded me of uh, uh Zombieland the first film where you know you see the beginning of the outbreak and then you see how people are getting mauled down in slow motion and how people are just turning and eventually spreading the virus and then you get really really nice set pieces where you get some of the heroes that we're going to see in this film holding up their pictures almost like soldiers to show that they fought in the zombie apocalypse war to help cordon off uh, Las Vegas. And that that scene was very nice because it gave us a very brief summary, just like in Zombieland, of what has happened from the beginning of this whole madness to um, where it is now, where, you know, oh, they saved uh, Las Vegas. Oh, they've been high five. They've been got a medal or whatever. Um, and I, I thought that was like, wait, what's just, what's happening here? Like, this feels like a sequel to another film <laughs> that, like, immediately I was like, yo, this, I want to see that film <laughs> when things popped off. Like, the Battle of Las Vegas. Yo, Army of the Dead Battle of Las Vegas, like, would be an amazing... I felt like this was the sequel to a film like that mm -hmm. because there are certain things that happened throughout the film. I was like, oh, you know, where was that set up? <laughs> there was nothing to indicate of that set up, yeah. which we'll talk about later on. Um, with his relationship with uh, one of the main characters, one of the main ladies, who randomly at the end, in my opinion, I don't know how you felt about it, randomly at the end was like, oh, you know, I came here because I thought there was going to be something more. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that hasn't been set up throughout the film. Was that set up in the film that was meant to happen? When the Battle of Las Vegas, when you escaped? Because this woman was more or less saying like, yo, David Petisa, I, I thought there was something between us. 
uh, I'm happy, but you know, I wish there was something between us. I was like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? So yeah, I like it, it became very, very apparent that I wish that they made a uh, a first film of when they actually did Escape Las Vegas. Um, the reason and the character. Well, before I continue, you know, I, I just want to get your opinion, Tony. Like, uh, how did you feel about that beginning? part of the uh, of the film even when how the patient zero escaped from the truck like, like how did you feel about that so that patient zero thing is like um it's interesting because i think the approach that they took to it uh was kind of like um you as the audience are going to be in the same position as the um the people in the real world right there's no audience in this desert so you're never really going to know the context of what's happening. You just had the benefit that you're seeing, right? So we don't know where that zombie com- came from. Was an experiment, well, you know, patient zero. But all we know is that there's this convoy trans transporting this thing. And this thing is a zombie. Breaks out, murders those guys. I think it was a really well-directed scene as well. I think um, it was bloody in the right kind of way. It was tense in the right kind of way. Bear in mind, this movie is not scary whatsoever. So for any person thinking zombie movie is going to be terrified, it's not. It's more action than than scary, which I think is disappointing. I mean, when was the last scary zombie film? Uh, the last scary zombie film, I think, is like 28 Days Later for me. That was a long time ago. That was a very long time ago. I think zombies are really hard to get scary anymore. Um, obviously, we, we had the benefits of the early Walking Dead series where they were... It was tense in those early seasons with the Walking Dead. Um, Ooh, but, there, was, there was a very tense scene in this in this film, though. Yeah. Um, yes, in that corridor. The corridor of death, yep. uh, I'll call it. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, that opening scene was dope. Um, I thought it was a bit disappointing that... The actor that they got uh, to be one of the soldiers, like, I feel sorry for that guy. Um, and I forget his name, but he's also been in another Zack Snyder movie, Batman vs. Superman, where he plays another kind of soldier. So he plays Jimmy Olsen, but Jimmy Olsen in Batman vs. Superman is not actually a reporter. He's actually uh, secretly a soldier and he gets killed off and you never see him again. And this guy, again, gets uh, hired by Zack Snyder just to be killed off again. At the beginning, I'm thinking, dude, why why you do this to yourself? Like, why are you taking jobs from this man? He's not going to use you in the film for you, right? Just be be aware, like, you're going to be dead. But um, the opening sequence, I I really enjoyed. It was a great setup, uh, a great conceit to the idea that, like, it happens so close to Las Vegas, Nevada. Nevada, you know, gets... uh, Las Vegas gets... um, infected you know the city of sin becomes the city of the dead uh you know it, it was a, it was a good conceit i i liked it i liked it in terms of what you're saying in terms of a sequel it, the interesting thing is like so are you familiar with the fact that uh, this is not zack sider's first attempt with zombie films um no so zack sider's first ever film was actually a remake of uh george romero's uh dawn of the dead so he actually made it back in i want to say 06 08 one of the two and it was huge for him that's what made him like that big boy director that everybody wanted to work with so this is not really quite a sequel to dawn of the dead but it's like a spiritual sequel in terms of like Zack snyder's back in zombies so i guess like 
in terms of your perspective and saying like this feels like it's a sequel you're right it does feel like it's a sequel but i think it's a sequel for all zombie films in the sense that we've seen zombie films we've seen them in all kinds of variation of like somebody gets bitten it gets spread and the world gets taken over i think it was a good idea to forego that and say like you've seen zombie films you see what happens they take over this is what happens where if we're lucky enough it's controlled in the area how does life deal with that how does the news change coverage of the news how does lifestyle change like that moment with that character yeah. that makes memes out of killing zombies that makes sense in like in today's world like people will get with their cameras their camera phones and go out doing high scores on how often and how stylishly they kill zombies i thought that was a brilliant touch Mate, do, you, do, you know, do you know what this reminded me of what did it remind it you reminded of? me of um the expanse <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, in the sense, in, in the sense that I, I know a very, very different genre, um, but in the sense that if anyone's watched The Expanse, you know that the main crew that travels through the galaxy, um, or the local galaxy to try and save the world, they they save the galaxy so many times. Yeah, and they kind of and they just get a pat on the back and yeah. they just like, all right, go about your business, do whatever you want to do. And the same thing happened with Dave Batista and the various characters that didn't really interact with each other at the yeah. beginning of the film that you know ended up being heroes and they're just doing well not 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 bad jobs but like it, it does it's quite reminiscent of like okay cool what do you get after you fought for your people yeah like almost like the veteran like what happens to a lot of veterans um a lot of veterans could be like homeless and like but you fought for the country mm. you, you, you 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 got ptsd you, you you've done so much you're damaged as a person in a sense you actually might be physically and mentally damaged and all you get is a high five, maybe a purple heart in America. Mm. And then now you've lost a leg or a limb or whatever. Now, w w like, what now? Yeah. You see it a little bit in The Punisher with some of the army guys. Um, we're like, all right, cool, what what now? And then that guy um, ended up creating that company for um, helping people experience a different form of, you know, action. Yeah. Because what is there for you when you come back home? Yeah. And I, I saw that in, Expan in Expanse and I saw that here where, like, all right, cool, you look heroes you're flipping burgers now mm -hmm. your relationship with your family is is fractured yeah or, or, or hurt like there, there there was no there was no like it the it reminds me of once again like disney princesses mm -hmm. what happens after they get married you know what happens after they you know happily ever after is it really happily ever after yeah like we see it in a bit in maleficent we see it in uh, a game of thrones like you know people get married people are happy like the prince gets with the princess they slaughtered the dragons they've defeated the people that needed to defeat it wasn't happy ever ended no and i really like that aspect of uh of this film where like all right cool yeah screw you guys being a hero means <laughs> f you <laughs> you yep. don't get anything <laughs> yep um and i, I really really like all you that. all you're left with is nightmares and a tortured soul yeah, because he even alluded, uh, it's even alluded to by um, I forgot his name, uh, the black dude, where he was like, "Oh man, like he 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 he's, he's trying not to see faces, like he he went through stuff." Yeah, and now he's just out here doing what he needs to do just to make money. It, it, that is yeah. that is curious, right? Because like the whole idea is like when you when you see they don't they never deal with that in in zombie movies, right? Where even in this world, people no. are debating whether the zombies could be cured like it's not okay for them to to bomb um to bomb las vegas because 
we we don't know that they they're completely lost and they're without consciousness this is not right for us to just say now we're gonna we're gonna bomb the whole of the whole of las vegas we we could cure them you don't know and you know for him it's as simple as like i went in to do a job and i thought it was just as simple as just kill the monsters but they the monsters still had human faces and i still see the human faces when i go to sleep and absolutely yeah brilliant writing there tony what was the job what was the job for for them Right. What was the job? Or what was the real job and what was the fake job? <laughs> are you talking about at the beginning or are we talking about in, when they went to do their heist? Oh, yeah, the heist job. So what is the real job and the actual real, real job? So or why they are doing the so heist? So they, they get approached by this millionaire, uh, I believe a casino owner. He originally owned a casino in, in Las Vegas, but he can't get back in because of the rules, right? And he says, hey, Underneath my casino, uh, there was $250 million. Now, my insurance covered that, so I ain't worried. But I could double my money. And what's in it for you is that if you get it, you can get $50 million. You can slice it however you want with your crew. That's your money. But this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But what they didn't realize is that that wasn't the mission. The mission was to actually try and find one of the what they call the uh it's not the elites the um the apex or is it no the alphas and the interesting thing about these alphas is right they mm -hmm. noticed that the alpha who was kind of like patient zero is smarter faster than any and stronger than any other zombies right he's kind of running the show and when he bites you you become an alpha as well maybe a lower level one he still controls you but you are a smarter mm -hmm. zombie and they want to go in, get a zombie head of one of the alphas, come out and possibly use them as a weapon of mass destruction, a targeted nuke, so to speak. And I thought that was actually a really cool conceit. I wasn't actually expecting that twist. No, no, no. I thought it was the guy was just there to, um, because there was a guy that um, works for the uh, the hotel owner or the casino tycoon guy. Yeah. And I thought he was there just to make sure people don't skim off the top yeah. too much. But he was there with an ulterior motive to actually gain... Well, he said, get the blood of one of the creatures. Yeah. But he opted for, I'm a bite off more than I can chew. Yeah. And get the whole headpiece of the uh, Alpha Queen yeah. of all these smarter zombies. And that's um, when he knew. Which leads to some of the things... He fucked up. Well, yeah. That, that's 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 when he knew. And that, that, that led to some of the things that... Um, I found quite uh, idiotic about some of the uh, in this film. Mm -hmm. uh, mainly, uh, that guy that took the head, cool. Him taking the head, that's fine. Um, the coyote lady, yeah. the one that travels through this place to be like, all right, cool, help people to get through. But I dust out if I see myself getting hurt. Yeah, she literally is that you like like your, your encyclopedia of this entire world. Yeah. Like, don't be rude to this person. Yeah. She would like to the point where she brought a guy in on this thing on purpose just to sacrifice him yep. so that he can get passage through. Yep. Don't mess with this lady. Listen to what she has to say. This guy, she said that specifically, all right, cool. You're going to chop off the head. Don't leave the body because when he finds the body, he's going to come after us. Yep. The fuck they do? They, left, they left the body in the middle of the street in the baking sun. Yep. Boy, bury that body. Hide that body. Yep. Something with that body. But it's because he was so pissed off about the uh, uh, his, his his alpha lady uh, wife 
being left out there. Yeah. Obviously, because she was pregnant with his alpha ba- uh, alpha uh, baby. Yeah. Like he. That's why. That's why he went on his hunting mission for them. Yeah. So that's where things went downhill. So I I I I don't respect that guy. But then he wasn't meant to be the guy that you like. Yeah. He, he wasn't. He was the asshole. Well, there's been a couple of assholes in this film, but he was the asshole. You wanted him to die, and then eventually got his comeuppance, which is fine. So I can't be mad of, you know, shady people doing shady shit. Yeah. You know, based on the information that they have and the logic that they have. However, when people that you're meant to like do dumb things. Yeah. Oh. Because there's one character I hated more so than all the other bad people in this film. And that was Dave Batista's daughter. Oh my God, she was pointless. She was stupid. Yep. She actually caused more harm yep. than good. Yep. Regardless of her reasons of why she was there or her reasonings of being there. Yep. You know, like she she was she was that kind she was that defiant teenage daughter that, you know, doesn't listen to what you say, messes up. And more or less has you more or less saying, I told you so. Yeah. Why did you do that thing? She promised Dave Batista, like when they're about to go into Las Vegas to say, all right, cool. I don't want you coming on this thing. No, I'm coming. I'm going to go and with or without you. Yeah. Putting your father in an emotional blackmailed situation right. so he can bring you along. And then he said specifically, all right, cool. Always stay in my eyesight or in my eye line because I don't want you dying. Like, I don't want you here but you're so adamant to be here. You're not trained to use guns. Yeah. You're not trained to do anything, but you want to be out here. Cool. I can't do nothing about you because you say you're going to go in anyway. Yeah. Cool. Stay in my eye line. What is the thing that she did the minute shit hit, starts to hit the fan? She just went she running. She went running. She went running. Literally, they were on the helicopter. They were on the helicopter. They were home free. Yep. Home free. Yep. But they were like, nah, nah, nah. Man needs to go back for my daughter because she didn't listen to a fucking word I said about staying my side. Oh, because the thing that killed me about her is, what was your plan? What was her plan? Run off to this place that is probably swarming with zombies. Yeah. Right? You're going to grab this lady that may or may not be alive. You have no idea if she's alive or not. Mm-hmm. Then what? How are you getting out? Yep. Because we're on a timeline. The helicopter, if your dad was a prick, he would have left with a helicopter yep. and you had nothing. You would just died with this person. Yep. But because of she went for that person, more people died, which leads to the end. But you know, when we talk about the end, we'll talk at the end. So just summarize very quickly: Kate in this film was irredeemable. No, clearly. Like, at the beginning, I thought like, oh, may- may- maybe she had something because her dad was distant after he, because um, uh, uh, it was understandable why she was angry. But it's her actions that don't match up to her logic or anger. Yep. Because uh, if people watch this film, you would see that. Um, her mother or his wife turned uh, during the beginning of the whole outbreak and then Dave, Dave Batista in a very heartfelt and very crushing way had to you know lobo- well more or less lobotomize the wife by put, uh, putting a knife through her head to um, to, to put down her, his zombie wife yeah. and his daughter uh, saw that and so he's in pain she's in pain for seeing that traumatizing them and so they became estranged uh, and even more estranged because um David Teaser became very, very uh, uh, distant because he couldn't deal with what he did to yeah. his wife. And that caused his daughter being distant and resenting him and becoming more angry, which means she can talk shit to him anytime, <laughs> any way that she wants. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what she did. Um, so I understand why she felt that the way that she felt. However, logic trumps everything. Yeah. You can feel the way that you want to feel, but if you're doing something that is actually damaging for the people around you, yeah, you messed up for me. So yeah, 
Tony, what's your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts is like she should have died. She should have died. Thank you. Um, yes. Every move she made was death right there, death there, death there. Oh, oh, more death for you right there. I don't. It's like the typical Hollywood thing of Danzo in distress uh, is gonna make it at the end, right? With all of the horror movies, it's always kind of like the complete incompetent is the one that's gonna be able to survive. She should have died so many times, so many times, yeah. and it's disappointing yeah. that uh, the one likable person, the person that carried this film. Dave Batista, he legit carried a film with his action, with his performance, with his emotion, ends up being uh, the sacrificial lamb. And uh, the uh, one thing as well, I didn't like the ending with his friend and the whole the whole bite thing. Um, I didn't think that was necessary. Oh, Tony, there's actually something I want to discuss with you. Yeah. It's a bit of a rant. All right. When you think about it, mm-hmm. Zombie apocalypse films. Yes, I have one big critique of a lot of zombie apocalypse films yeah. where you got people with guns mowing down the uh, mowing down zombies and everything. Yeah, yeah. Why do they always get their arms out? Why do, why do we always see the skin? Why do we always see biceps and a thin layer of a t shirt? Like you see enough skin. The, 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 like then all that happens is surprise, yeah. surprise, they get bit. See, I th- on the arm every single time with the bulging biceps. I th- like plenty skin available to get chomped. Yeah, I think like they have one thin layer of t shirt to protect their skin. Bulging muscles everywhere. It's almost as though they're saying, like, hey, let's defeat these zombies yeah. by enticing them, by showing them our vulnerable bits. Yeah. And then surprise, surprise, they get bit. If it was me, right, I'm, right, I'm wearing layers. I don't care if it's hot in Las Vegas. I'm wearing layers. Yeah. Plenty layers just in case. I agree. my guy got, David T's got bit on his, uh, on his, like, um, on his shoulder. Yeah. But that was bare open because of his t shirt. Look at all of this, like, in this film specifically, yeah. even the code cracker. Like, T-shirt, bro. Arms. Everyone's arms was out. Yeah. And how did everyone get bit? In all the fleshy bits that were exposed because they were wearing t-shirts and tank tops. I'll give Stupid. you. I'll give you benefit of the doubt there. But one thing I've actually seen, and I don't know whether this was intentional or not, but I've seen it in other like zombie properties and stuff like that. But you can kind of think about it on a basic level, right? Um, even yeah. even like with the military, what they try to do, they try to create. Uh, materials that are lighter and lighter as possible because they realize the equipment like the guns and everything are super heavy so you see like most like ballistic meshes that they wear in the military is designed to be as thin and as light as possible but in terms of the the zombie thing i still agree with you it's it's dumb the fact that they're completely exposed but like there's been enough zombie movies that i've seen where even a guy in a leather biker suit like the the zombies eating through it it's like there's there's so you don't try. Yeah, you're right. I can't I can't tell you that you're wrong, but I think in the the conceit is it's super hot. They're coming in with like chain machines and all that. They need to get in and out. They can't really afford to get bogged down with extra material. That's my guess. But at the same time, you got guys that look very muscly. You pay them to get in the gym. You're gonna show off the muscles. And you know Zack Snyder, if he's not putting showing off your muscles physically, he's gonna put you in a muscle suit. Because he wants to see those muscles. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe for sure, man. Oh man, but yeah, all in all, besides those couple of criticisms, I I, I did enjoy it. It was a nice little flick. It, it was a bit um crazy at certain bits, but you know, I, I like what they did here. I I really wish. Well, just just like I said about Kate. Yeah. Um, I think she was the uh, she 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 lost the most. But mostly because it was her own fault. 
she watched her mother die and she watched her father die. Her mother died by her father's hands and her father died by her hands. Yeah. If that ain't going to put you in therapy for the rest of your life, I don't know what is. I mean, yeah. it's one of those ones, if the zombie apocalypse doesn't put you in therapy, I don't know what with what will. So it's one of those ones there. If like, if you're okay after seeing the world getting eaten, you probably don't need therapy. You're probably like calm. You just need to cry a little bit and you yeah. get over it. Um, but I don't know. All in all, I really enjoyed this film. It was good fun. It wasn't like, you know, this Oscar worthy thing. It didn't have to be. Mm, they really are. They really are, but you know the well, way they, 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 they never are actually. Yeah, about it. The, they never are. The way this movie was hyped, like this is this is his vision. He this is no Snyder cut. This is the cut. You know, um, it it was it was hyped mm. to all get out, and but it didn't disappoint. I was thoroughly enter- entertained. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Yeah, it was good fun. Uh, great performances. I love I loved hating the bad guys. I I loved hating the bad guys like shades from uh, Luke Cage. Yes. He 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 was hate worthy and I enjoyed it. I got a question for you, Ken. Did you notice something interesting about the pilot? Yeah, she's from Star Trek. Besides from that, uh, what thing in particular? There's quite a few things now, I can say. About in terms her. of visually, uh, did you because did, did you notice anything odd visually about her? Like maybe, like something that didn't seem quite right. No. Okay. I'll tell you this, Ken. She was the only character in the film that actually wasn't in the film. Every single scene that she's in no was shot in post-production because the original person that was playing her character was uh, no Chris D'Elia, who was fired off of the allegations of, you know, hashtag me too. Uh, all of her stuff was actually shot and she was digitally inserted into the film. Oh, they are bad man. Yes. What? Yes. That is sick. Yes. That is actually sick because yes. I didn't notice. Yes. Like if it, that was it's, like it's very subtle. I, I I wish you saw this film. I wish you saw this film after uh, before before knowing that yeah. because for me I'm like nah because I'm trying to like I'm trying to go back in my memory like yeah. nah she must have been there with Batista. No, no way. Some of some of it was actually shot in a spare room in her apartment. Like I saw an interview about it. She said she had to lock the room because she didn't want to see uh didn't want her let her see her kids uh see her with guns because she didn't really want them seeing her in that way. But some of those shots were legit shot in her bedroom uh one of her house uh house uh, rooms in her house. And they just took that footage right, and did you? So it's one of those ones. If you if you do look carefully, you can see some of the artifacting, typically with compositing. But with the pace of the film and the world, yeah. how you know it was seamless, you don't notice it. That's why there's a lot of if you notice, like a lot of um, what's the word? It's like it's blur, but it's another word for it. Um, but that kind of that that distant blur. I forgot what it's called. Um, but you know when something's like you know out of focus slightly. There's a lot of that going on. It was to done some of the scenes. It was done to obscure that. Right. 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 Wow. Yeah. Like, cinema's gotten like film production is is on levels, man. Yeah. Like they're be, they're just doing whatever they want nowadays. You got you got to figure it out because that was good, you man. never know when one of your she was my favorite character as well. She was really good. She was really good. I really did yeah. appreciate her performance. Uh, it brought a, a, a right kind of levity, levity to the to the film to to the whole proceeding 
uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed. And um, well, it did feel like a bit of a cartoon. Yeah, with some of the very distinct characters because you had the pilot that was crazy. She was like, "All right, cool, I don't care what the plan is. Man, man is trying to fly helicopters. Yeah, like I'm next in line of importance." I thought I was quite sick. Yeah. Even the code breaker, yeah, like he was a personality. He was funny, even when like he was a comp- he was hilarious because yeah. he was a complete noob. Yeah, when it came to everything else, but when it was time to shine, like the guy that was being a dick to him, I keep forgetting his name. The guy from Power, yeah, like he was being a bit funny with him. But when it was time for him to crack the safe, he was like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't disturb the master type thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, like let him do his thing, and then he took over his scene. Whereas, like, yo. This is my domain. Yeah. Everyone shut your ass up. <laughs> Let me do my thing. Right. And I thought that was sick. It was brilliant. It was and brilliant. And then, uh, yeah. They had a little arc, those two, actually. They had a little they arc. Did. The Codebreaker and the guy with the chainsaw. They did, didn't like, they? With the whole, like, all right, cool. Yeah. Because he tried to sit fist bump him. Yeah. And he was like, mm nah, nah. It reminded me of uh, the Joss Whedon cut with Flash and Cyborg. Oh. Like, where he tried to do the exact same thing. Yeah, and then at the end, at the climax, that's when they actually fist bump. Yeah, and I was like, "All right, cool. Yeah, that was well deserved." Yeah, you you guys have been through stuff, of course. And then he saved his life as well. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. All in all, it was a really good watch. Uh, I recommend anybody to watch it if you just want a little bit of zombie action. It was fun, and uh, yeah, man, I think um, Zack Snyder's return to uh, zombie zombiness was a. Uh, much appreciated so yeah man great watch great watch um ken tell me in terms of like theme uh what did what did you get from all of these products like what did you what do you what what do you think if anything ties them all together the thing that ties all these things together is what is is connection between your between your father yeah (laughs) how your father is not perfect yeah the person the patriarch or a patriarchal, uh, you know, figure in your life um, is not perfect. Yeah. But sometimes they try because they try and do the best for you. But what they try and do that is best for you ends up being the thing that brings them down. Yeah. For example, with Castlevania, like Dracula tried to train the son or try try to live a life with his wife and son. Yeah. But that backfired, and that was his downfall because his son was the one that defeated him mm-hmm. because of a change in uh because they, they they both felt pain for the same thing but dracula went one way and his son went another way yeah and therefore that was his downfall same thing in Jup- um, jupiter's legacy where you know the father is is trying to train his son or his kids to be a type of way but because it misaligns with how the world actually is mm-hmm. and who they are they they, they they rebel against it and you know it, it's such a dissonance with what he's trying to achieve and then when we come to this with Batista and Kate it's like okay Batista did what he thought was right to protect his daughter which was try and peacefully take out her her mother yeah but then that backfired him trying like so for all of these it's the father trying to do what's right for the son or the daughter or the children yeah but by trying or their acts of doing it it was their own downfall yeah it's a thing that actually caused a rupture between them. Yeah. And I thought that was so poetic because you'd think the presence of a parent or a father would actually help someone be better in the world. Yeah. But in almost all of these, the opposite thing happened. Yeah. Their presence only caused issues. Right. That's so messed up. Of course. And I love it. I love everything a bit about it. Yeah. 
No, it's absolutely, absolutely, uh, yeah. uh, you're absolutely spot on. I think uh, also another side of it is the sense of um, responsibility. You got Dave Batista's character who feels responsible for his daughter. You know, the fact that he had to kill his his wife in front of her, and he he believed that those reason why she resented her. And the truth was, he just he shirked his responsibilities because of his grief. And therefore, uh, hid from the world and hid from her. And all she needed was her dad in that moment. And he wasn't there. But he thinks uh, in return, what he can do is actually, if he gets the money, he gives it all to her. And I got a suspicion that his plan was to end it for himself. Like he was going to give her all of the money and just kind of just dead himself. I could be wrong, but that's the vibe that I got. Um, that's dark. It is dark, you know, and also, you know, you got... You, but understandable. Very, very much so. That's the vibe that I got. Um, but you look at, you know, Utopian, and it's the same thing. He has this sense of responsibility to the world. It's like these powers weren't meant for us to have fun, goof off, and, you know, kill people willy-nilly. They were given to us to make the world a better place. The code, the code, the code, the code. His fixation with the code um, was kind of crippling for the people around him. Um, but it's just that sense of responsibility to the world. Uh, but at the same time, shirking his responsibility to his family, even to his wife, because guess what? He's there's a scene where they're in the middle of lovemaking. There's a he get he hears a report of a of a meteorite, and right in the middle of it, he stops and he says, "I'll make it up to you." And she's disappointed, but she gets it. Right? What is he gonna do? Not save the world? Right. And give me, you know, what I need as a woman. But it can be like, if he didn't have the powers, then he, we would still be lovemaking and it would be the end of the world. So it's like, she has to understand responsibility as well and not be upset about it. It's, it's a hard one to pass through. But, you know, definitely the idea of a relationship between a father and a child and a sense of, re- of responsibility uh, you know, the same thing as, you know, Castlevania with Dracula and Alucard. Um, the idea of like, you know, Alucard loves his dad, but he doesn't love what his dad's become. Like he he was already innately a monster, but he wants to be a monster in his deeds and his act. And it's like he can see his dad could have been better because his mum did make him better. But because of the loss of his mum, he's shirked that responsibility of wanting to be better. And, you know, brilliantly done, brilliantly written on, on all sides, to be fair, you know, even, you know, with the pop conflict that is um, Army of the Dead, it, it still didn't, it, it didn't ring hollow. It still kind of rang, rang true. And I really appreciate that. All in all, great watches on all side. And um, yeah, th- thoroughly good entertainment that I would recommend to anybody. Uh, is there anything you want to add, Ken, before we wrap up? No, no, I think that was it, man. Um, I'm excited. Well, the, one thing that I realize about every single week, I am genuinely surprised with everything that comes out. Yeah. Like, I, I don't check when things come out. I literally just wake up on a Wednesday, Thursday and Friday and just see what's out. And I'm like, oh, we've got a new film. Oh, we've got a new series. Oh, there's 10 episodes out for this. Oh, Love, Death and Robots are on. Um, Castlevania's out. Mm-hmm. Dave Batista's got a new film. Oh, this is out. Invincible's out. Like, I just wake up. I, I never plan to watch these things. Yeah. They just happen to sit in my lap. So um, I'm going to maintain that tradition. I don't want to know what's happening next week. I just look forward to uh, to seeing it and watching it. Yeah, no, content seems to be flowing. You know, we are... We are we are thor- we are thoroughly spoilt with the 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 abundance of content right now. I I cannot complain. 
whatsoever. Um, but, you know, hopefully we never hit a drought. Uh, we might have to talk about something real, like emotions. Um, but uh, God forbid. God, God forbid. Uh, but yeah, that is our show for this week. Uh, you can catch us on our usual social medias. So I am on Roy- Royal That Majesty. Uh, Ken is on I Am Mr. Ken. And you can also find find us on ondeck.podcast. But, you know, just a reminder, guys, we appreciate you listening to us. When you can listen to us, keep doing so. Share, like, subscribe, follow. Do all of that jazz because it really does help us grow. And we appreciate you when you appreciate us. So let's appreciate each other. So that's been our show this week, guys. Thank you for being with us. And peace. Adios, people.